It is my privilege to invite you to today's sermon podcast. I have made the Apostle Paul's prayer request my own. When he states in Ephesians six nineteen, pray also for me, that whenever I open my mouth, the words may be given to me, so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel. May today's sermon come alive to you and aid you in your understanding of God's plan for your life. Well, good morning, church. It's good to be with you this morning. I hope you all had a good week. Did you all have a good week? Well, good. I think I've heard there's been some sickness going around. Uh, So we had some folks with the flu. It's kind of hit my house a little bit. But uh, so thanks for taking time to be with us this morning. Uh, I know, I know everybody's got things to do, and but boy, uh, it's good to be together in God's house. Amen. If you're joining us with live stream today, um, thanks for being with us by live stream. God's presence, I pray, will be with you as we just open the Word a little bit together and uh, trust Him for His uh, His speaking into your heart today. Um, had a good morning this morning in Sunday school. It's been a long time; been a while since I've uh, taught Sunday school. But we're doing this welcome class thing, or some call it a membership class. It's kind of fun for me. I get to meet people on a kind of a personal level. And uh, if you're new to the church and you want to join us, you can. it's still time to get in. All you got to do is pass your blood test, and then you come on and join us. Uh, this morning we talked about the Trinity, God the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. I had my buddy Steve down here share a little bit out of his book. And he kind of articulated how creation and God comes together. And, and when God created us in science, it's pretty cool stuff. So you come next Sunday if you want. Uh, I mean, if, if you don't know where, it's just down the hallway here. We meet at 930. I think there's about a total of 15 of us. And I think the class will grow some more because I've had some folks say, I want to come, but I, haven't, I haven't, just haven't been able to get there. So still time for you. And, uh, and we'll have a good time in, in the Word of God. Okay? Um, now, this morning, I, I want to I take you to the complaint department. Is that okay? <laughs> Have you ever wanted to complain to somebody? Come on. Just complain. Get it out. Uh, when it, sometimes when I feel that way and I'm at home, I go, okay, I don't think I should be around my wife right now. And I kind of walk out down by the river and I sit down and I cool down, you know. But we're going to go to a par- portion of the Bible this morning that takes us to the complaint department. Uh, I'm going to take you to an Old Testament book. I doubt if you've read out of it uh, recently much. Uh, I don't even know how to say the words. It's, uh, it's, it's either Habakkuk or Habakkuk. How, how, do, you say, how, how do you say it? Uh, about half and half. Habakkuk. Habakkuk. Um, do you say tomato or tomato? Potato or potato. I don't know. However you say it, it's fine with me. Habakkuk. It's the guy's name. Habakkuk. Uh, yeah, uh, Habakkuk um, reminds me of tomatoes because someone asked me last week, how's it going out there in Mountain View? And I said, well, nobody's thrown any tomatoes recently. And they said, well, pastor, it's not tomato season yet. <laughs> kind of scared me a little bit. Uh, have you ever heard of Chuck uh, Swindoll? I love Chick Swindoll. He's, I think, 80-some years of age now. And, uh, you know, he talks a little bit about Habakkuk. In one of his books, and uh, he said, uh, as a pastor, he used to make it a he made it a point of going through the the town, and he would ask different people the same question. And so, um, he, one week, he decided to ask him, "What does Habakkuk mean to you?" 
What is Habakkuk? Habakkuk, what does it mean to you? He says, here's my answers. I got some amazing answers, he says. A man at the service station, he frowned and he thought for a few moments and he said, I think that's a word that's spelled backwards. <laughs> he said, a secretary told me she thought it sounded like a Jewish holiday. Uh, someone else said it was probably a village in, in Vietnam. Habakkuk. A teenager told me it was a, a new horror movie that had just come out. <laughs> one, one, one merchant said, well, he thought I was a salesman selling a product like an abacus, abacus. He told me he didn't want one. <laughs> Another person was convinced it referred to a game, although he had never played it, he said. And an older gentleman, he grimaced, he stared at me, and then he said, very seriously, Habakkuk, I think it's a disease of the lower back. (laughs) Well, I don't know how you say it or what you think it is, but one thing you're going to find about Habakkuk is he complained to God. He wasn't happy about some stuff. And the reality is, even though it was written 600 years before Jesus... Man, when I read it, it sounds to me like he lives in our day. So, you know, we'll just go to the complaint department. What's your complaint today? You got a complaint? You want to file one? Get it out. Write me a dirty note. Put it on a card. Don't sign your name. I never read unsigned notes anyway. (laughs) Doesn't matter to me. Boy, are you guys going to be glad when I'm gone. I'll tell you what. You know, pastors, they face a lot of different scenarios. I was in the hospital when I was a young pastor, San Jacinto, California. And uh, I go into the hospital to see an older lady. She'd had surgery. And I think when I got there in the morning, the nurse was there. And I think she was still under the influence of the drugs. And when she looked at me, she thought I was one of her doctors. And all of a sudden, she starts complaining to me about her diet, her menu. Somebody, she said, I changed her, her, her meals. And, and the nurse looked at me kind of like, sorry, buddy. This, you know, she's still kind of. And so, you know, being, thinking on my feet like I do, I just said, hey, well, that's your other doctor. <laughs> she even swore at me. I said, no, it's your other doctor, you know. Now I realize she's still on drugs. But it, it was, she was complaining to me about her meal, and I had nothing to do about it, you know. Welcome to pastorhood. My secretary used to have a sign on her desk that said, uh, I can only please one person at a, th- a day. Today is not your day. <laughs> and tomorrow, tomorrow doesn't look very good either. <laughs> so here's, here's Habakkuk. Right, 600 years before Jesus. And uh, he's born. He's born in Bethlehem, believe it or not. And he writes to God's people. He he tells them that evil, all around him, regardless of how circumstances may appear, he he says, the evil that you see, it's not going to last forever. Okay, let me me say that again. Because you might want to put an amen in there. The evil you see all around you, it's not going to last forever. Oh, that's pretty weak, too. I'll tell you what. 
Steve, you could have done better than that. You're on the front row. It's really a good word. I mean, and he writes to encourage these people of faith that, that, well, he's telling them, guess what? God's got a plan and God's working it out. You may not see it, but it's happening. It kind of goes like this. Even though it seems like nothing's happening, something is happening. And God is at work on your behalf. Do you know that? Hey, Pastor Jason, would you get me a bottle of water? You had the office all locked up this morning. I couldn't get into my water this morning. (laughs) I love that guy. He is such a servant. Last week, he got a hold of my cell phone right down here. I didn't even know it. I get home. In fact, I ought to put this on the screen someday now that he's out and he can't hear me. He's got these two ugliest faces you've ever seen on the face of the earth right on my phone. <laughs> I get home and I tell Linda, I said, honey, look at this. This dude, how did he get my phone like this? That's Jason for you. <laughs> I love that guy. Where in the world was I? <laughs> just, just open one for me. All I want is one. I love you, man. Come here. Yeah. Yeah, so catch this. Catch the point. Even though it seems like nothing's happening. Can you say that with me? Even though it seems like nothing's happening, something is happening. Something is happening. And God is at work on your behalf. And God is at work on your behalf. Now, I believe that. I really do. And sometimes when you're going through the hellishness of our day, of our world, and you don't, you don't know if it's going to stop, uh, this is what Habakkuk says. Even though it seems like nothing's happening on, on your behalf, God is at work. He's doing something on your behalf. You may not see it. You may not feel it. But he hasn't forgotten you, and he's at work in your life, maybe in ways you don't know. Now, I don't know, you know, if you've got your Bibles, and I realize you bring different sources of your Bibles, but if you look at your Bible, um, the, there's, there's some headings in my Bible, the, the New American, uh, New, New International Version. There's headings there of chapter 1 and chapter 2. And, and through chapter 1, you'll see two or three headings. And you'll notice there's two major complaints. This guy doesn't have one complaint, he's got two. And, but both of the complaints are, are followed by, in my Bible, the Lord's answer. So here's Habakkuk, he's complaining to God. And before you know it, God, God has an answer here. That happens twice. You, you see it right there. You'll also notice in this Old Testament book, if you read it, and it's, it's not very long. Um, but, but, but you'll notice it reads more like a journal. He's writing his thoughts out to God. And God is answering his, his thoughts, his questions. It's like a dialogue between Habakkuk and God, an interchange between, and if you read it, he's a tender, he's a very sensitive heart, 
of a man speaking to God the way he understands him. And in fact, he's the only minor. He's a minor prophet. And the, the reason they call him minor is not because they're less important or anything. They've got some powerful stuff in them. But they're minor because they're shorter. So he's the only minor prophet that never even addresses the people. All the prophets address the people. And a lot of them do it like this. You better stop what you're doing. But not this guy. He's, he's more concerned about his own heart. And so he's, he's addressing God and God alone. God, why? God, I don't understand. God, are you at work? God, look at the evil around. It's, it's just amazing. God, why don't you do something? Okay, that's his complaint. And we're going to read it in just a moment. But, he, but he's, he's writing a journal um, to God about what he's going through. And he's asking big questions, and that's an important takeaway this morning, is you can ask God all the questions you want. He may not always answer them the way you want them answered, but, but he will answer your prayers. He's always at work in your life. I love that about the Father. He's, he's always doing something, even when you can't see it. And I'm talking to me right now. Thank you, God, for that. Well, are you ready to read? We're only going to read a few verses, so um, we're going to read a little bit from, first, from the first chapter and then the second chapter. So uh, this is God's Word, so I'm going to ask you to stand with me as we read these words in honor of the Word of God. So this is called an oracle in, in, in my translation. The oracle that Habakkuk the prophet received, verse 1. Habakkuk's complaint. Here's his complaint. How long, O Lord, must I call for help? But you do not listen. Or cry out to you, violence, but you do not save. Why, why do you make me look at injustice, God? Why do you tolerate wrong? Destruction and violence are before me. There's strife and conflict abounds. I told you it sounds like today, doesn't it? Come on, come on. This, yeah, this could be in the newspaper. Therefore, he says in verse 4, this is a conclusion. The law is paralyzed and justice never prevails. The wicked, they hem in on the righteous so that justice is perverted. Wow, that's, that's quite a complaint, wouldn't you say? He's, he's letting it all, he's, he's, he's not holding back anything. No holds barred on this one. Now in chapter 2, here's, his, here's how he thinks he's going to fix this thing. He's a fix-it man. I will stand at my watch and, and station myself at the ramparts. That's, that's what I'm going to do. And I will look to see what he will say to me and what answer I'm going to give to this complaint. Well, then there's the Lord's answer. The Lord replies. Habakkuk, I want you to write down the revelation and make it plain on tablets. So you see the journal going there? So that a herald may run with it. For the revelation awaits an appointed time. It speaks of the end. And it will not prove false. Though it linger, I want you to wait for it. Catch that? Wait for it. It will certainly come. And it will not delay. Wow. There's another little phrase down there that says the righteous will live by faith. Well, Lord, we need your help today. We have a few minutes just to talk about this. And uh, God, so 
I pray, Father, first of all, you hide the messenger behind the cross. Lord, this isn't about any man. It's about you, the God-man, Jesus, who died on the cross for our salvation, whose, by, whose stripes by we are healed in every way. Lord, you step into our lives and you want to do a thing that is so crazy good. I pray that each and every person this morning would hear the words in their heart that you have to say to them. And Lord, you are faithful and I give you praise for that in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Well, hey, I, I want to do something I don't usually do, but this is pretty cool. Um, have you ever read the message? Um, it, it's like one of the newer translations of the Bible. And, uh, and, and here's, here's the verses we read in, you might say, in our up-to-date language uh, from the message. Uh, first of all, the, the title in the message is, This is a Joke. Anybody have a, the message here this morning? I got one. Anybody else have the message? Okay. Not many messages here. This is a joke. That's, that's the title. The problem is God gave Habakkuk to see it. God, how long do I have to cry out for help before you listen? How many times do I have to tell you, help, murder, police, before you come to the rescue? Why do you force me to look at evil, stare trouble in the face day after day? Anarchy, violence, break out, quarrels, fights all over the place. Law and order, they fall to pieces. Justice is a joke. And the wicked have the righteous hamstrung and stand justice on its head. Whoa, there's another way to say it, huh? Chapter 2. What's God going to say to my questions? Well, I'm braced for the worst. I'll climb to the lookout tower and I'll scan the horizon. I'll wait to see what God says, how he will answer my complaint. Now, the title here is full of self, <laughs> but soul empty. And then God answered, write this, Habakkuk. Write what you see. Write it out in big block letters so that it can be read on the run. This vision message is a witness pointing to what's coming. It aches for the coming. It can hardly wait. And it doesn't lie. And if it seems slow in coming, you wait. Did you catch that? You wait, for it's on its way, and it will come right on time. That's the message. If you want that copy, I'll lay it right here. You can come up and get it after service. It's yours. I think it's pretty powerful. Uh, we got a problem, though. Here, here's the problem the way I see it. The problem is you hate to wait. Come on, nod your little head, yes. We hate to wait. We are not a waiting society in North America. We want everything faster, better, quicker. Um, we're an instant society. That's the way I look at it. Um, we're the microwave culture. Our society has lived long enough and generations now getting much of what we want instantly. Most of us would rather not wait for almost anything. I think that's pretty good writing right there. Wrote it myself. <laughs> we want it and we want it now. We pray, God, give me patience. Don't forget, with God, a day is like a thousand years and a thousand years but day. So, Lord, give me patience. 
And God says, well, let me think about it for a day. I want patience. I want it now. We really hate to wait, I would say. Been thinking about this in my daily life. Uh, We design fast cars, faster planes. We search for the less than 20-minute oil change. Do you not, men? Come on. We drink instant coffee, cook instant mashed potatoes, minute-made rice, Pop-Tarts. We eat at fast food restaurants. We rush through bank drive-up windows. We want a quick wash, a quicker dry, fast lane of the grocery store, less than 10 a minute grocery, rapid pace. Fastest acting pain peels. Come on. Deep pan fried pizza. And if it doesn't come in 10 minutes, guess what? It's free. Why? Because, come on now. Shake your little heads, yes, we hate to wait. Do we not? I don't like to wait. My wife, who is one of the most patient women I know on the face of the earth, we get on, get ready to get on a ship, she's going to be in front of everybody. If we go to the grocery store, she's going to be looking at Costco for the shortest line. If I think I found it, she will outguess me and say, no, 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 it's that one over there. She's a patient woman. Until it comes competitive, then counter in. We hate to wait. By and large, that's our culture. So when we sit down and we read a book with a funny name like Habakkuk, Habakkuk, mind you, with only three chapters, 56 verses total, 1,476 verses. How do you know, Pastor? Well, that's how I spent my week counting these. There are 12 questions here. 12 questions. One command and no promises. Well, God, I wanted a promise. Well, you don't get one from Habakkuk. And we respond, really? What? No promise? How come? And I don't want to wait, God. I hate to wait. Please. Well, um, it's in a moment like that when God says something like, stand down, stand still, and wait. Uh, One passage in the Bible says something like this. Wait for the still small voice. God's not in the thunder and lightning. He's not in the crashing wind. There's a still small voice that God wants to speak into our lives. And and it only happens when we we stand down. We we stand still and, and we wait. In his presence we Listen to his voice. And we say, God, I, I, I know that you're up to something. I don't see it. I, I don't know exactly what it is. But Lord, I, I believe you're at work on my behalf. Hallelujah. I love that about God. And Habakkuk, you know, when he had done all that he knew to do. I mean, now, isn't that just like, like a 21st century man? He, we're, we're all fix-it guys. Come on. You ladies bring us a problem. We'll just... Fix it, because that's what we do. <laughs> and and that's, that's this guy. You got to love him. He had done everything he knew to do, and after complaining over and over, why, God, I don't understand, I don't see it, his circumstances and everything that was going on around him, this situation, realizing without God, life was hopeless, and, and, and it made no sense at all. 
It was then and there God answered. He'd come to the end of his, himself and his questions. And it seems to me like when I look back in my life, many times that's when God really showed up. When I'd done everything I could do, I'd tried to fix everything I could. I had no more answers, and I was done, and I was lost. And all of a sudden, God showed up. I thought he wasn't working. I thought I was the only one doing anything. No. What God wanted me to do was stop, stand down, and listen. Wait on him. You know, I'm often amazed at how relevant the Bible is to our lives. I mean, people that don't understand, they take... They take the Old Testament and say, well, it's no longer relevant. What are you talking about? We're looking at something 600 years before Jesus was even around, and it's got this stuff that sounds so much like us in our own day. I mean, the Bible really is relevant to us. If we'll take time to read it and think about it. And Habakkuk, he, he, he's a marvel example of, of the relevance of the enduring application of the Holy Word of God in our everyday lives for us. I, I, I'd challenge you to go home and just read it. Uh, re- read it in a translation that makes sense to you. But, but when Habakkuk, he, he kind of looks around. He sees all this violence. He sees stuff going on in his world. He doesn't understand it. He doesn't know why God doesn't do anything about it. He says, God, please do something. The reality is God is doing something. We just don't see it. He's got a plan. And when he says, Lord, why, why? I don't understand how this can be happening. He wrestles with God's seemingly indifferent attitude to the evils of our world. Do you ever feel that way? You see the crumola in our world. And you say, God, what is going on? Why doesn't somebody stop it? I mean, sometimes, I, was I yelling there? I'm sorry. I didn't mean to be yelling. Sometimes I get carried away. When we leave, I usually get an evaluation of my sermon from someone. I'm not going to mention any names. I get too excited. Well, you kind of sounded like an evangelist this morning. <laughs> it's one of my favorite phrases. You know, every book of the Bible is born out of a historical context, a setting. And in Habakkuk's day... Um, the times were hard. His nation, which was Judah, the, the, the kingdom was split. Judah had stopped and they boldly, unashamedly rebelled against God. They said, God, we don't want you. We don't want you in our world. We don't want you in our schools. We don't want you in our government. We don't want you in. God, just leave us alone. Woohoo! That sound familiar? Don't tell me Habakkuk doesn't speak to our day. People lived as though there was no God. They lived as with no tomorrow and no accounting for their behavior. Come on. I'll let you do the math there and connect the dots, but at the same time, around the corner here, God has been doing something that was kind of interesting. He's raising up a nation called Babylon, the Babylonians. And these guys were raping and pillaging their way across the, the landscape. And God said, I'm going to use these wicked people to discipline my people. 
Now, I don't want to make too much of a quantum leap here, but I believe if God's the same yesterday, today, and forever, God's not changed. And we might be America, and we might have been established on Judeo-Christian ethics. That's where we got our laws from the Ten Commandments from this very Bible. But God is God. He will be God. And when His people turn on Him, these people turned on Him. God's going to find some way to reel us back in. How much time do I have? 11, 4, I'm doing pretty good. So he's going to take this wicked nation, Babylon, and God's going to use these people. And, 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 and now um, you see Habakkuk doesn't like this when God says, I'm going to use this nation to discipline my people. And that's where his journal actually begins. I mean, this is kind of the beginning where he, in chapter 1, verse 1. He's carrying this huge burden, uh, and that, that's what the, or, the best description of this oracle. Have you ever had a burden for your nation? Do you ever weep for your nation? Do you say, God, we need a revival? Nothing. It seems like we're on a, on a train going down a track that's not going to stop and crash off of a huge crevice. And you weep for your nation and you say, oh, God. Is there not anything, oh Lord, that you would do? He's got this heavy weights resting on his shoulder. He's crying out to God in the best way he knows how. And he's got these unanswered questions. God, why? I don't understand. And then he brings the complaint. This is where it starts. He brings the complaints to God. It sounds just like us, does it not? Come on. Sounds just like me anyway. So he looks to God in an almost... I would say sober, candid way. And he asked God, God, how long? And, and the reality is God never told him how long or, or he never even really tells him why. But God, something, he says something like this when, when Habakkuk says, well, God, why are you going to use these evil men? to? We're, we're your people. We're the Jews. We're the chosen ones. God, why are you going to use evil people to discipline us? And God says something like, if I can kind of put my own words on it, if I told you, you really wouldn't believe it. That's what God tells him. And Habakkuk says something, well, yes, I will, God. And God says, no, you won't. <laughs> and they get in this little discussion. God, I'll believe it. And so God says, well, okay, I'll, I'll tell you. And so God says, I'm going to use the most wicked nation on the face of the earth to discipline you. And, and, and Habakkuk says, I don't believe it. And God says, I told you so. I mean, that's what's going on here. I told you so. And you got to love it. Look at verse 12, chapter 1. He registers his second complaint. Lord, are you not from everlasting? My God, my Holy One, we will not die. He's, he's basically what he's doing is saying, God, look at who we are. We're the Jews. We're the anointed people. Lord, you have, you have appointed us. You have appointed them to execute judgment. Oh, rock, you have ordained them to punish it reminds me so much of us how we deal with God. We, we ask God for an answer, and then we, we give God advice. <laughs> oh, God, you know, what about that guy over there that's driving that nice boat and that brand-new truck, brand-new home? He's the most wicked guy in the block. And look at me, God, I'm righteous. How come he's getting all the goodies? Come on, you young bucks, you know what I'm talking about. Those high-ride rice Fords with the 32-inch wheels and the 19, 20-inch rims. The five-inch pipes, the inline-six diesel Cummins engine. And when you step on it, it romps, and it's loud as a semi. Come on. 
God, I want one of those. You start giving God advice. And then he says, in effect, Lord, you're the Holy One. You're Ju- we're Judah. You're, we're your chosen people. We're promised an eternal destiny. And you're going to use the, the, the Babylonians. Come on, Lord. Um, what's going on? So you get the picture. Habakkuk's a little confused. And, and aren't we sometimes? Come on. Aren't we sometimes confused? To what We don't understand it. Look, the America I grew up in is not the America I live in today. If you're younger today, you, will, you probably won't understand that because you've been raised. I mean, if you're a teenager or a college age, you've been raised with a cell phone in your hand. I wasn't. Um, it's a whole different world. I used to ride my bike freely down at the high school, two or three blocks from my house. Nobody worried about safety. Now your kids can't play in the front yard. And you go, God, what's going on? In the greatest land in America, in the world, America. Something, God. And, and, and so you get the picture. He's confused. His own understanding. And he's done all he could do. He said all he could say. And he, made, he makes one of the most significant decisions in his life. You know what he does? He does what God asked him to do. He waits. Now, I want to point out one word, and then I'm about through. So you'll notice one little word in chapter 2 of verse 2. It tells it all. It's the first word in the verse. You see it there? Chapter, chapter 2, verse 2. This is what happens after he waits. The scripture says then. So it says then. So when he waited, then the Lord replied. When? When, when was it? Well, it was then. Is after he settled down, he quit trying to fix everything. He quit trying to do it all on his own. And he simply listened to God. He was patient before the Lord. And he waited. Chapter 2, verse 2. Then is when God answered. So, so let, me, let me ask you, um, what are you carrying today? What's your complaint before the Lord? We all got them. Come on. We all got them. Lord, why? Uh, Habakkuk's your man. He was where you are. He, he gets us. Yeah, hundreds and hundreds of years apart, thousands of years apart. But this guy, he gets us. And it's when he stood down and he... He stood still and he waited. Then. So what are you carrying? And how are you trying to fix it? Well, God's spoken to my heart on numerous times. Would you just stop it? Les, stop it. And let me handle it. I can't tell you how many times as a pastor, especially as a young pastor, I got ahead of God because I wouldn't wait. Come on, how many guys are like me? Come on. You're, you're, you're male, you're testosterone-driven, you've got all the answers, you're bullheaded, you're, you're aggressive, you're type A, you're choleric, you take the bull by the horns. Come on, guys, you know what I'm talking about. And you just want it, you're going to fix it. And then you get ahead of God, not to mention your wife too sometimes. And, and God's saying to you, well, look, would you just, just stop it for a moment and wait on me, wait on the Lord. Did you know that those who wait upon the Lord, they, they sprout up wings as ankles? 
God never faints. He never grows weary. But he gives strength to those who wait upon him. Woo. Yeah. So just, just in conclusion, I mean, this, this, this whole book, this little journal, it, it starts with a, a sob. God, why? Can't believe it. And it actually, though, it ends with a song of praise. I mean, if you read chapter 13, I mean, chapter 3, verse 18 and 19, it's, oh, God, thank you for who you are. God, thank you for your faithfulness. God, thank you. You come through all the time, Lord. If I would just slow down and listen to you, God, it'd be much better. So, so this is the so what. What are you going to do about it? I mean, I can't fix, I can't fix you. There, there was a day that I thought God called me to pastor to be a pastor to fix people like you. It's kind of a joke, but it, but it was true. And God had to fix me. To see, I didn't call you to fix anybody. I called you to love people the way they are. I'll fix them. I'm big enough to fix them myself. And that took a lot of pressure off of me just to preach the truth of God's word and to love people the way they are, which I can only do with him loving through me. Amen? So, so what, are you, what are you trying to fix? Come on. And I've, I've been pretty hard on the men this, this morning, but I'm not going to be too tough on the women. I get in trouble when I do that. But ladies, this is, you know, what's good for the goose is good for the gander. So what are you trying to fix? Is it a marriage? Is it a kid? Is it a job? Is it, is it an income? Is it, a, is it a, an illness? A medical condition? What do you say this morning? We listen to God's word and the Holy Spirit in our lives. Because you know how he wants to answer your prayer is different than your prayer or yours. And he'll answer yours different than yours. He knows exactly what you need. If you just say, Lord God, um, here I am. Lord, I've been trying to fix this on my own. Lord, I'm just going to trust you today. We used to sing that little song, Trust and Obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus. Yeah. Lord, thy word, it's, it's a lamp unto my feet. It's a light unto my path. Thy word have I hidden in my heart that I would not sinned against you. Lord, your word is sharper than any double-edged sword, and it pierces asunder the truth from the false lies in my own heart. And it gives me reason to hope that you are with me, your word. Thank you, God, today for your word, for this, this guy by the name of Habakkuk, or Habakkuk. Lord, um, he understands us. And you've preserved his word as a divine inspired holy word for us in the 21st century to make it another week, another month, another year. And to know, God, we don't walk alone, that even though when it seems like nothing's happening, something is happening. And God, you're at work on our behalf. Thank you, God, for the way you love us. We love you, Lord. And again, thank you for Jesus for dying on the cross. My friend... If you don't know him today, just open your heart to him and say, God, I, 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 come into my life. I need this, Lord, today. I need this word. I need you as my Savior, Jesus. Forgive me of my past, my sins, my wrongdoing. And, Lord, I'll live for you the rest of my life. If you pray that prayer somehow and you mean it, 
I don't know how it's a miraculous thing. God will step into your heart right now, and he'll make a difference in your life eternally. Not tomorrow, but today. It'll start right now. You just open your life to him. Now, Lord, we give you all praise and honor and glory in Jesus' name. I want to thank you for joining today's sermon podcast. You can find a copy of today's sermon as well as other sermons and the sermon outline from today on our church's website, www.mvcnaz.org. It is my prayer also that you will seek out a church home that recognizes the authority of the Bible.